two guys who love talking about a game within a game and coming up later in the show, another disaster class from our FPL sides. But it's time to turn those frowns upside down. We also look at the transfer market in the big short segment, try and find a differential in goodwill punting and review the best captaincy picks in a captain, my captain in association with fantasy football scout. I'm Peterson. I'm Andrew. And this is FPL side there. Hello, managers, and welcome back to the FPL Sidep podcast. And we are recording this on Tuesday, the 21st of February. And as always, I'm joined by my man, Andrew, who... After Nick Pope sending off and Dubravka's inability to play in the cup final is next in line to feature in goals for Newcastle this weekend. Andrew, how are you? Dude, where's my points? <laughs> we, we rehearsed that and we, I think we pulled it off. 10 out of 10. Yeah, nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. Yes, dude, where is my points? Um, one, It's one of those game weeks that we seem to get maybe like two or three times a season, just an absolute stinker where all the results, like you just can't see them coming. Everything on, on paper looks straightforward and then like the games actually play out and it's completely flipped on its head. Yeah. Look, I think, um, yeah, it's it happens to me more than two or three times a season, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, yeah, <laughs> maybe more often than normal this season, unfortunately for me, I can't seem to get anything going. No, oh, like the weird thing was after all the Saturday fixtures, like I just the only points I had was like an Erdegaard eight. That was it. Like yeah, the same. rest of the team was a shit show. Yeah, I know. It's was, it was horrible. And then the only person that actually did score points was Rashford, who we didn't want to score points because <laughs> we didn't captain him. <laughs> oh, I, I I woke up during the night. I thought, and I saw the score was one now, and I, I, before I even clicked on it, I'm like, oh, I bet Rashford's already scored. Yeah, Rashford. you knew. Like, oh, that's that's yeah. That as as soon as I saw that, I was like, yeah, that's it's going to be a red arrow kind of game week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, it wasn't. I think um, it was a red arrow for both of us, but yes. at least it wasn't like a giant red arrow. It no, was, you know, yeah, it could have been worse. It could, it, 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 it could have been worse, yeah. But I mean, one of those game weeks where it's in between doubles and blanks and everything. So, anyway, hopefully we can make up those spots um, again down the track. But how did your game week go? Like on on record, let's get it on on record now. Yeah, sure. So I ended up with forty seven points, which um, I think was I don't know, maybe Is like it... half a dozen points short of like the safety score. I'm not I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, but it's it's I mean it's above average. Yeah, above yeah, above the yeah, the average for the total game. Mm-hmm. So my rank went down from I was on, I was at 393k like after I think last week um I was on a red arrow when we recorded the episode, but um when the Arsenal Man City game happened, um enough good things happened that I actually finished the week on a decent green arrow. Yeah. Um but I've pretty much yeah, undone all of that this week. So I've gone down. I was at 393k before the week started, and I'm down to 459k now. So basically, a 65-ish thousand uh, red arrow. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just seemed like one of those, it seemed like one of those weeks where like my players just were epic points dodges across the <laughs> board. I've actually like written down all of the points that I dodged like this week. I, you know, I had, we've got like Ben White crossed to Nketia and <laughs> Nketia headed onto the crossbar. So that would have been goal and assist. Yeah. Um, there was an Odegaard to Nketia who missed a one-on-one. Again, that would have been a goal and the, and the assist. And that Nketiah was a sublime to- pass as well from Odegaard. It- it was. And then there was also the Enkedia to Odegaard where Odegaard missed what was basically at half an open goal. Um, and again, that would have been the goal and the assist. I had KDB to Laporte on that corner where Laporte yeah. just hit it straight at the keeper and literally like one foot either side, you know, it would have been a, it would have been a goal. Um, there was Foden who, you know, had that two on one with oh Haaland and he just like, he screwed up the pass. He just needed to, he just, he just actually had to pass to it. Pass it across, and it was just <laughs> an easy goal. And then Harlan, who and obviously Harlan was our captain. Harlan's also hit the crossbar and then missed the the rebound, um, the point blank rebound. Yeah. Um, and there was also another Dan Byrne who headed it onto the crossbar off a Trippier corner. So, um, and there was a, I think there was another penalty shout in the Spurs game, which yes. was very very similar to the Suchek one. Where yeah, it was basically saved and they didn't call the pen. So again, yeah. that would have been another goal for my team. So I just felt like literally everything went wrong. Like the odds of none of those events turning into any points whatsoever have got to be astronomically small. Yeah, it was yeah, bonk. I mean, basically all these things affect me as well because we only the only difference in our two sides is I had Matoma and um Bueno. That was it. So all these, yeah. all these things also affected me. I'm just That's sitting right. nodding along, trying not to cry. <laughs> I think that I think you scored two points more than me because, yeah. as you say, you had those two. You had Matoma and like maybe one other defender. Yeah, and I had Almiron who got one point because of a yellow card, and then and and by a defender that wasn't Bueno, I think had had a one pointer as well. For I can't remember, but you ended up being two points ahead of me. I think. Yeah, yeah. Look, I I don't want to tout myself as like you know, a, a master manager at FPL. But, you know, I purposely did play Bueno over Ben White and, you know, that's one extra point. So Huge. <laughs> Huge. Oh, ben White <laughs> should have definitely had an attacking return of yeah. some sort. He was actually he was actually surprisingly attacking. Yeah, he, he was. And, yeah, I was watching that game going, oh, my God. Like, yeah, I remember that first one. You mentioned how Enkedia headed onto the bar from the Ben White cross. And I was like, oh, my God, I've benched him when he's actually going to get an assist here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it did look like it kind of – it felt like he was going to get an assist at some point because he was he was making those um those runs to the byline and crossing yeah. in quite a bit. Quite a bit. He was looking pretty dangerous. Yeah, he was. But uh, yeah, anyway, so yeah, like you mentioned, I only had two points more than you and and yeah, finished the, the round on, I think it was 74K in the end. So yeah, I dropped another 15K. So yeah. the slide continues, but it's all about looking forward now, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you're in the top 100K. I mean, that's a really good spot to be in after. Yes, I shouldn't complain. Weeks. No, I should not complain. <laughs> yeah, I'll swap you. I'll swap you with my 450K. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, we we will get into some details about um the, the next next few game weeks because yeah, it's, a lot is happening on as part of an FPL landscape at the moment. But um, I, I want to touch on um just a quick wrap up. So we had the FPL social again in Melbourne um for this year. So it's the third FPL social, second one here in Melbourne, and um 
Yeah, it was a really fun day with with everyone out there. I just want to say thanks to all the great panelists we had. So we had um the two guys from FPL Flair who, who are um, a YouTube channel. So two young guys, Ben and Jack. So Jack joined me on the couch as we talked um, just about our seasons and how we go about playing. And, and Ben's his brother who actually plays for the man, um, I was going to say Manchester City, for the Melbourne City youth team as a goalkeeper. So really big boy he's like so tall and yeah ben does all the the graphics and the visuals and stuff and jack is the the talking head on the channel so it was really great to meet them and and talk to them about um how they do their show they've been doing it now for about three years i think they said so um yeah nice nice to see some um some young blood (laughs) at the fbl social and um we're also joined by the the two reigning australian champions so billy stew who took out the 2020 slash 21 um, Australian, um, you know, top manager award. I think he finished 11th overall that season. And we're also joined by Brett, um, who you can track him on uh, Twitter at FPL Echidna. And he came third overall in the world last season. And um, yeah, real interesting to listen to them to talk about, you know, their, their amazing seasons they had and, and what they learned and how they go about playing the game and, um yeah a lot of um really a a lot of similar stories that they had where like they took a few gambles with their sides during the season and um billy really stressed about trying to find like differentials and and these days differentials are probably more like around the 15 percent mark rather than like Mm. what do we usually say like 10 percent yeah yeah five or ten yeah, so yeah, both um, Brett and Billy were, were talking about how, you know, these days with the actual amount of managers engaged in the game, yeah, probably, you know, 15% still good for a differential and, yeah, trying to find those few few players that'll um, help you boost up the rankings. But yeah, I'm really great guy. So yeah, Billy, that's the second time Billy's joined us and he, um, really nice. And yeah, like I mentioned, just great chatting with Brett. He's such a nice guy and absolutely dominated the... Um, the football segment of, of the of the day too. He put one out. He put one top bins in the volley challenge and yeah, uh, hit the target right on there. So that was amazing. And then, um, you know, just to prove that it wasn't a fluke, he, he did it again during the penalty shootout. So uh, he's got some techers, Brett. So uh, <laughs> maybe he missed his calling. Maybe he should have been a professional footballer instead. Yeah, of I mean, I, I saw the video of him putting it top bins. Yeah. I, I was looking for him on the FPL side. I was trying to add him in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trying to yeah, bring him in for the double game week. Yeah, oh, what do you reckon? Like a, a, a maybe a nine million midfielder, I reckon, with, with those type of type of techers. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, but yeah, they were great. And we're also joined, luckily um, enough, joined by um, Western United's Ben Garuccio. So, um, you know, one of the best players in the A League the last few seasons, and um, won titles. Yeah, with Western United last season and Melbourne City as well, and. Um, really nice guy, like genuinely really nice and um, absolutely loves FPL. So he was talking to us about his season and he was talking about, he was, he headed into the world cup. I think he was ranked 40 K um, overall, but he has slid a bit since the, the world cup, but yeah, he, he genuinely loves it and talked about, you know, how they've got the mini league at the club there. And um, one of the, the goalkeeping coach there, um, uh, Michael Theoklatos, who used to play for for Victory in Brisbane Raw and run about four A League titles, apparently is just like an FPL nutcase, and you know, like us, he's always like planning, knows all the blanks, all the doubles coming up, and uh, yeah, he said, uh, you know, Theo's always showing him his phone at training and stuff, and <laughs> his side. So, 
Um, yeah, we're really lucky um, in that aspect to, to have Ben join us. And yeah, just a, a, another shout out. I just want to thank um, Jack from the FPL Attic Show for, for organizing the whole event. He goes to so much work and effort. Um, it really is a great day for the community. And, and also um, want to thank Chaz and Ollie who, you know, who drove the show all day. They were hosting and, and behind the mics and, and did a lot of organizing behind the scenes too. So um, yeah, the Addicts team should be uh, very proud of everything they did and, and congratulations. And yeah, as always, it's always a really good day just to, to catch up with everyone. So we had you know, Mark who, who traveled up for the FPL social in Sydney, um, came back for the Melbourne one. He does live here anyway, so that helps. And so it was great to catch up with him and have another beer and, and Damo from the FPL Amateurs of Oz show. So um, always great to catch up with Damo. He's, you know, one of the nicest guys you can meet. So um, yeah, it was it was great having um, having a bit of a kickabout with him and, and, and chatting FPL. But um, yeah, ho- hopefully um, we see another one up in Sydney and, and me and you can head along. Yeah, for sure. I was uh, I would have loved to go down there, down to Melbourne for that. But yeah, if there's another one in Sydney um, coming up, I'll, I'll definitely be there. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to bunk with you. We could build bunk beds like stepbrothers. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We might do. Um, we might be able to do like an in-person uh, pod for the first yeah. time ever. One of the, one of those rare occasions where we actually get to sit down with each other. And have a, we can we can have some decaf tea together in the same room. <laughs> It'll be absolutely beautiful. Yeah, I mean, people probably don't realize we've never actually met each other in um in real life. No, no, we haven't actually. Uh, yeah, because uh, uh, Brett. Um, was was so he said he was listening to our show the other day and um, that he was enjoying it and I sort of mentioned that we've actually never met before but we just seem to get along really well so he was a bit yeah. surprised with that. <laughs> yeah, you're you're like my Russian nail water bride, <laughs> <laughs> but one that works out really well. <laughs> oh, I, I was going to say something, but I'm not. I think it's just best to move on from there. But uh, <laughs> just yeah, say just yeah. it. You can edit it out later. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah. Thanks again, Jack, and everyone else for for organising um, FPL Social twenty twenty three. It was uh, yeah, just an amazing day. And um, if if one hits your town um, soon, um, head along and um, even even great on Twitter to see a lot of the FPL meets all around the world. I, I saw there was one um, summer in the US. So you know, FPL it is you know it's a fun game, but it also um, you know, it, it does a lot for the community too, so that that's always fun. But anyway, let's get on to the big picture here. So we got blanks and doubles coming up this game week, like one of the rare occasions where we have both on the same week. Yeah, amazing. Um, I, I think uh, apparently there was one last season as well. Yeah, I, really I vaguely remember. remember one last season. Yeah, but it doesn't happen too often, does it? Um, no. It should be an exciting game week. Yeah, yeah, but you know the the big talking point on the top of everyone's tongues at the moment is the time to go all in on Liverpool. I don't know. Um, maybe. Um, <laughs> I I think that uh, I I think that most people are probably going to move for like at least one, but probably two. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's going to be that many people that go with three, but um, yeah, definitely some people will. Mm, yeah, I'd be keen to go with three if we knew they had the fixture in game week twenty eight because that would just make things a lot smoother down the track. But yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's we're so hamstrung at the moment. Yeah, we don't know what's happening in twenty eight. I mean, I think I my mind's pretty open to using um my free hit in twenty eight. 
Yeah. Um, okay. But we just we just don't know if we're going to need it or not. Like when I when I look at um, the Liverpool players that I want to bring in this week, uh, it's really tricky because they're the if you plan ahead to like double game week twenty seven, they're almost the ones that make the most logical sense to make way for the doublers in twenty seven. Yeah. Um. So then even if Liverpool do have a fixture in twenty eight. You know, if you want to take advantage of the double in 27, you know, you might want to get rid of those Liverpool players anyway, and then you might still be in a position where you need to free hit. But obviously there's going to be a lot that changes between now and 27 anyway. So I don't want to overplan, but just sort of vaguely looking ahead, I was like, well, if I get in Salah, you know, is he going to, you know, is he going to be someone that I can use to make you know, to to make way for a for a double a double game weaker in in twenty seven, and if I get Trent, for example, like will I, will I use him to go down to someone like a Stupinan or mm. or something like that? You know, so anyway, it's um yeah, I don't I don't know what's going to happen. I try not to plan too far in advance, especially when you don't actually know uh, what's going to happen, and I'm, I'm trying not to let um, things in the future affect my transfers this week because we don't even know exactly what's going to happen in the future you know you don't want to you don't want to make a transfer with you know um blank game week 28 in mind when you don't actually know for sure what you know what fixtures are going to ha- are going to go ahead in 28 it, it makes it really tricky yeah yeah like you don't want to overcommit and then you know make things a bit harder for you down the track but at the same time yeah. you want to take full advantage of of what we got ahead of us yeah, I guess that's what that's what I'm trying to say. You probably said it better than me. You you don't want to compromise what you're doing now for something yeah. that may or may not happen in the future. Yeah, that's um, right. So it's it's really tricky, you know. Like uh, at this stage, I think I'm just going to make the transfers th- for this week that I want to make for this week. And yeah, if it means that I need to free hit in 28, then so be it. You know. Yeah. No, that, yeah. that makes um makes a lot of sense there. I mean. Uh, a lot of Liverpool players at the moment seem to be hitting form at the right time. So we got like, you know, we saw on the weekend um, Darwin Nunez and Cody Gakpo, um, you know, both on the score sheets. Mm. And I've already seen Gakpo rose in price today already. So he's already, you know, gathering quite a lot of attention. But, you know, they do play Real Madrid tomorrow. And yeah. with Darwin's injury uh, and, you know, there were some pictures of him in training, but we're not too sure with, you know, I'd really urge people just just hold off, just wait at least until after the Real Madrid game because we'll have much a clearer picture on like the Liverpool side that's available. Yeah, that's right. I mean, not only will will we get a clearer picture about um, like how serious Nunez's injury is, you know, if at all, but we'll also get a clearer picture of how many minutes um, you know Jota is getting, for example. Like, is is he ready to start or is he going to get? is his minutes building to the point where we think he might get a start in one of the games in the double game week. And then mm. how does that impact the minutes that we're expecting some of the other options to get, you know, um, options like obviously, um, yeah, Gakpo um, and even Nunez. And and then again, like is Firmino going to get some minutes in the Champions League? And then you've got to consider, you know, is that going to, is he going to get more minutes in the double game week and where do those minutes come from? So there's a lot of, there's a lot of information to be gained um, from this champions league game. Yeah. Yeah, there is. And yeah, hopefully we can see a bit more from, from the players that we're looking at, you know, especially, you know, most Sully's 
I'm sure his ownership's going to skyrocket by the time we actually get to to the deadline, which is it's an early deadline too for us, by the way. So we've got a Saturday morning deadline instead of the usual Saturday night. But um, now I want to ask you a question. So, you know, everyone wants to, you know, go all in at the moment and get all these double game week players in. But And do you think they should be capitalising on this opportunity by actually getting rid of some of the you know, the, the stalwarts that we've had in our side since the World Cup. So players like, you know, Trippier, Shaw, Rashford, Kane. I'm seeing a lot of these players sort of like tossed up at the moment on, you know, on the trade table to to make room for for players that, you know, managers want to get in at the moment. Yeah. Um, there's a, you know, I've got sort of mixed thoughts on it because um, there's some of, the, some of these players we've got uh, a lot of cash tied up in. So, mm. for example, if, if I get rid of Trippier, um, I, I think I'm going to lose something like 0.3 or 0.4, yeah. um, which in a normal season is a lot. But this season, we don't seem to be that strapped for cash. So maybe yeah. it is worth it. Um, and I guess when you look at someone like Luke Shaw, like it's similar for me. Like I, I had Luke Shaw in game week 17. So I've picked up a lot of value in him. Yeah. Um, if I was to drop him, then, it, you know, obviously it would cost me a lot more to get him back. But on the other hand, um, you know, you've got Darlow who's back now and maybe, and Darlow is basically the price that Shaw was when I picked up Shaw. So, you know, maybe when I play my wild card, I just, to save money, I get Darlow and he's probably just as attacking. Yeah. Um, you know, so these other things you ought to consider. Rashford, I don't know. I don't think anyone, I don't, I, I don't think anyone should get rid of him, but I suppose mm-hmm. it's all team dependent. And then, yeah, Kane as well. Um, you know, a lot of people are getting rid of Kane for, Nunez. Yeah. Um, and I'm just not sure about it. I'm just not sure that's the right thing to do because well, a couple of reasons. Like I think that people will want uh people might be might be might regret not having Kane in the next couple of weeks after the double. Yeah. Um, and you might not even get that many more minutes from from Nunez. You know, he might he might get 130 minutes in the double versus 90 for for Kane. So for an extra yeah. 40 minutes, how, you know, how much do you want to compromise the following weeks? So there's a lot of things to consider. Yeah. And, and like you mentioned, you know, if we're comparing Kane to like someone like managers looking at Darwin Nunez, yeah, well, there's a lot of options now for Liverpool with, you know, Firmino's back, um, Diogo Jota's back. So I'm sure there's going to be a compromise on minutes there. It's not like he's going to play yeah. 180 minutes across those two two games, especially when they're playing Real Madrid tomorrow. So, (laughs) and, you know, yeah, Kane, he's playing Chelsea this weekend with only one fixture. Yeah, but Chelsea are garbage at the moment. (laughs) And then coming out of that, game week 26, he's got Wolves away and then he's got Forest at home. So, yeah, it's it's still very good fixtures, whereas, you know, Liverpool, they head into playing Man United in game week 26 and then have, you know, an amazing fixture of Bournemouth um, away in game week 27. But that's sort of in the lead up a, a few days before the next Real Madrid game. So, mm, yep. like, again, could minutes be managed there? We're just not too sure. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, um, Darwin's minutes are, are threatened in two directions. Firstly, yeah. from a shoulder injury, and secondly, from, you know, other players coming back from injury. Um, yeah. That, who, you know, Klopp is going to want to give minutes to and build up their minutes. Yeah. Uh, that he's competing. He's competing in the same positions. So I mean Salah, um, you know he on, on like a per ninety basis he might not be as good of an option as Darwin, um, or but you know I think 
you can be pretty confident that he's just going to be playing 180 minutes. So yeah, that's um, yeah, I mean that's you know that's another thing to consider. And surely, surely Liverpool <laughs> get their first penalty sometime soon. It'd be <laughs> it, it would be great if it was in a double. It would be great. Yeah, it would just you know set off that Twitter narrative, you know, perfectly just to watch everyone's overreaction. So <laughs> yeah, it it would be classic double game week stuff though if Salah did get you know, if Liverpool did get their first penalty in the double game week and like, you know, who knows, they might even get two. Um, that's just the, it's just the classic thing that happens in, in double game weeks, like strange stuff happens. Or similar to Bruno in the last double game week for United getting that penalty straight yeah, up in the first fixture. <laughs> that's right. His first penalty in since like 2021, and it was in the double game week when everyone got him in. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, it, it might be on the cards there. But uh, from an Arsenal perspective, I know we talked a lot about Arsenal the last few weeks. Just you know, they've had doubles and stuff. So you know, a lot of us are already you know double, tripled up on Arsenal. But you know, yeah. Yeah, Saka to me looks like the best option at the moment. He's just he's just in a like purple patch at the moment. He looks amazing, and he's always getting that ball wide and cutting in, and and he's always looking to take that shot on. But now, for those that don't have him, like which is like myself, I've just constantly been thinking about how do I get him in my side because I personally think he's the best captaincy pick this week. But when I try and do the maths and the transfers, it's going to cost me like around eight points to make that work by the time I shift out another Arsenal player and you know, yeah. change formation. It just, yeah, I'd probably have to drop in Kedia for him, which seems a bit ludicrous because I think with these fixtures, in Kedia could actually score. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's really hard because you just don't know which Arsenal asset is going to score on any yeah. game. And I agree with you. Like, Sucker is probably the most likely to score, but um, it could just also easily be like, oh, this week is Erdegaard's week. This week is Nketiah's week. Yeah. Um, it's just, yeah. Or even like Martinelli and Trossard, you know, like you just don't know who's going to score for them. He definitely looks like the most likely to score, but yeah. is it? to the point where you'd actually want to waste transfers, you know, yeah. moving Arsenal assets to other Arsenal assets when, you know, in a double game week and a blank game week, you kind of want to focus your transfers on players that are going to increase the number of games you've got for the week yeah. in your team. Yeah, you want to maximise the potential rather than just making sideways moves and, you know, even going backwards in my sense, but... Yeah. Um, yeah. The more I think about it, like, I, I mean, I've, I'm the same as you, like I don't have Saka and I've, you know, I look at my team and I was like, I wish I had Saka. Yeah. It just seem, I'm it terrified. Just seems, <laughs> yeah. Me too. It just never seems the right time to make that move. You know, like mm. if you had Martinelli, um, you know, it was, uh, it was probably a good, a good time to make a sideways move because he, you know, his minutes were being, threatened but if you're moving players whose minutes aren't really being threatened it just it doesn't seem like the right it just never seems like the right week to do it and it might end up being something that um i have to wait till wild card to do yeah yeah i think that that might have to might have to be the case um at the moment for myself as well because yeah like i mentioned it, i worked it out in my head and it's like at least a minus eight to make it work and it's removing in Kedia, so i can only play you know two forwards so yeah it seems Bit of a waste when Enkedia could easily, easily return. But um, there are actually some other teams playing doubles this game week. Believe it or not, so one of those teams is Wolves, and the That's other is, yeah, and the other is Sean Dyche's Everton, who are up and going at the moment. But you know, would any players from that 
that pool that you would sort of look at or is it more like, look, if you need to free up funds by getting someone in, then this is where we do that? Yeah, I think it's more the latter. I agree yeah. that, you know, if you if you need to downgrade someone um, in order to facilitate, you know, getting in Sala or getting in Darwin or, you know, even getting in Gakpo or whatever you whatever you're looking at um yeah. then yeah like by all means you know get like a cheap Everton Everton defender or or something like that but I mean I, I really don't think there's any need to go out of your way to get players from these teams like if you look at I look up and down the, the Wolves list there's literally no one that I want like I don't yeah. think there's there's no midfielders that I want there's no forwards that I want um they do have some half decent uh, defenders, but I just don't like the double game week. Fulham away, Liverpool away, like they're going to concede in both of those games. Yeah, so most likely, they're, like, they're, and they're more, they're more than likely going to concede more than one in one of those games. So you're looking at like a three pointer. Yeah, if you and, bring in a, a defender from Wolves. Yeah, and they're also likely going to miss out in game week twenty eight too. So it's another problem down the line. So I think. Yeah, if you are looking to make one of those moves that, you know, frees up funds and you need to do that, then Everton's probably the one to do it because at least they've got a fixture in game week 28. It is against Chelsea. But, yeah. you know, Chelsea can't score at the moment. And, you know, Everton that's is set true. up to not concede. So, <laughs> yeah, look, it that's could be true. a cheeky that's six true. points there if you yeah, get in someone I, like Tarkovsky. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree with that. But if you're looking just more short term, like once again, uh, I look at the double game week for Everton and as good as Dyche has made their defense, I I don't see a clean sheet. Yeah. Um, like even, uh, Aston Villa at home is obviously their, more, their most likely one, but I don't actually see Everton containing um, mm. Villa. Like Villa have improved attacking side for sure. And yeah. same situation um, with the second game of the double, double which is Arsenal away. You'd think, mm. you'd think they'd probably concede one against Villa and probably more than one against Arsenal. So once again, unless you're getting attacking returns, um, you're looking at three points, you know, a one-pointer and a two-pointer from your Everton defender. Uh, yeah. I don't think you can, you know, you get in someone like Tarkovsky knowing that he is good um, on corners and he may get a header, but you can't, um, you know, you can't expect it. It's really something that happens a few times a season and you it's it's quite hopeful. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's more of a, a hit and hope <laughs> rather than a expect expectancy. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, for your sake, Pete, I, I really hope that by game week twenty eight, Chelsea have figured out how to score. Um, <laughs> you know, that's a it is a few weeks away. It is a few weeks. They, they might actually score another goal by then. So we'll just we'll just have to wait and see. So <laughs> they might have a new manager bounce by then. <laughs> Yeah. Oh God, I hope so. But anyway. <laughs> oh, do you? Okay, that's interesting. That's that's spicy. Oh, I'm over I'm over potable at the moment. It's just yeah. Oh yeah. downgrading from Thomas Tucker to Graham Potter is like one of the, the worst decisions I've ever seen in football. But um yeah, you know, hopefully I'm proven wrong, but yeah, from what I've seen so far, I'm just it's not it's not happening. <laughs> yeah. And um and Brighton have done all right out of it. How good's Deservey? I know. <laughs> oh, Should have yeah. got him. Why didn't Chelsea get Deservey? I know we got the wrong Brighton manager. Yeah, uh, right. Anyway, talking about Brighton though, their game week twenty seven fixture has been moved. Yes. So um, there were concerns that the double game week fixture in game week twenty seven was going to be rescheduled again because there's there was another train strike, but they've just <laughs> moved it twenty four hours. Yeah, correct. <laughs> 
they've just moved it 24 hours. So it's still going to be in double in 27, still a double. So that's, uh, that's good news. Oh, that's handy. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's not all as bad as what we feared. So yeah, just 24 hours earlier, um, which, which is um, handy indeed. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I want to have a quick chat with you about chip strategies and it, it's only something I, I wanted to bring up because I actually had to think about this and, and talk about it at FPL Social the other day and we're actually sort of like sat down and sort of loosely played out something in my head. I mean, you know, it's not anything I'm really, you know, concrete I'm going for, but have you given any thought to it? Because, I mean, it, it can sort of dictate your moves over the next few game weeks with with all the doubles and blanks. Yeah, I've, I've only given, I've given brief thought to it. Um you know, like I, I, I'm aware that game week 28 is going to be a pretty significant blank. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's sort of something that I've I've kind of tried to defer my thoughts on it until after we get the um, the next round of FA Cup games. Yeah. Um, I think you'll get a much better indication then of whether it's a viable strategy to kind of just muddle your way through 28 without using a chip or whether, you know, there's going to be so many blanks that we just have to use the um, the free hit. Yeah. So I, I don't know if you've got any clearer thoughts than that. Mm, yeah, I mean, yeah, when I was talking about this on the on the weekend, like my initial thoughts were I think I might be able to get through 28 okay. Um, well, I I would not have 11 players out, but, you know, looking at the teams that, that will have fixtures, like teams like Arsenal will have a fixture in 28, so I've got triple up there. Yep. Um, like who else? Like so, yeah, Chelsea, you know, I've got – Got Kepa, so there's another player there which is handy. Um, yep. Everton, yeah, you know, I might have an an Everton defender, you know, depending on what moves I make. You know, Newcastle, I've got Trippier, that helps. Um, Forest, I don't have anyone, so they're the only confirmed fixtures. So, you yeah. know, maybe with a, a couple other transfers up my sleeve, I, you know, I could, you know, get out maybe eight or nine, which might be all right for that game week. Um, yeah, I think that if you could get out eight or nine in that game week, um, then it won't be the worst. Probably, yeah, I think it'd be good because um, a lot of the a lot of those uh, teams that you mentioned have actually got quite good fixtures in yeah. twenty eight. So yeah. it's not just the number of fixtures, but it's the quality of fixtures. Yeah, and that's right. I think you, it's possible that you might be able to get eight or nine really good fixtures, but um, you also need to consider um, what moves you're going to make before game week 27 to maximize 27 and are you like in a perfect world who would you take out to maximize 27 and then if you're going to try to muddle your way through game week 28 are you going to compromise you know 27 in order to do that and is that worth it or you're better off maximizing 27 and then using a free hit in 28 and maximizing that as well yeah Uh, I I just don't think that we know the answer to these questions until we get these FA Cup results, especially the, um, I think it's the Fulham versus Leeds game, which is probably the most significant um, yeah. in the FA Cup. I think Fulham are, Fulham are favourites against Leeds, but it's one of those ones that probably could go either way. And mm-hmm. if um, if Leeds do beat Fulham, then I think game week 28, Liverpool versus Fulham is going to be on. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, and that's huge, especially since people are loading up on Liverpool this week. You know, if that, if that adds uh, Liverpool players to your team, that it, it might make it even more viable to um to avoid using a chip in twenty eight. Yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah, it just you know, off the top of my head for my team, 
you know, I, I may end up having an extra three three players just with, you know, Trent, Salah, and, you know, I've still got Pereira. So, yeah, that, yeah. that, that makes it much more. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, loosely thinking, I, I was thinking like 29 is going to likely be a very big double, and that's after the international break. So yep. I was thinking of maybe like a free hit that game week because, you know, I could maximize that double. I can get in players that, you know, aren't injured after the international break and, and really go for it and then, you know, maybe like maybe a bench boost in game week 34 because that's going to be another big double down the line and then maybe a wild card like around yep. game week 33 or something. But, yeah, that's that's loosely what I'm thinking in my head. But, you know, I could easily swap swap things around, but... Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't feel comfortable like wild carding before twenty nine. Just with all the doubles and blanks, I would sort of feel like I would waste it if I did that. Yeah, that all makes sense. Um, for me, uh, I'm still a little bit mentally scarred from what happened uh, to me last year uh, when you know when we had two free hit chips. I basically last year I decided to use my free hit chips more aggressively and, and use them in double game weeks rather than use them in, in, um, in blank game weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, tr- like traditionally, you know, the blank game week has been a, a blank game week has been the game week that, you, that you've used your, your free hit chip in. And yeah, last season I, I decided to be a bit more aggressive with it. I both, both of my free hits I used in a double game week. Um, and it, it backfired on me. Like in both of those double game weeks, I actually ended up with a red arrow, um, the, the risk with it, I suppose, is that, you know, instead of with it, if you use it in a blank game week, obviously you're taking players out of your team that aren't playing at all. So you're replacing no, you're replacing no points with points. Yeah. So you're always going to get upside from it, you know, even if it's not a huge upside. Uh, whereas with a double game week, um, you know, obviously there's probably big upside, but there's also the chance that you're going to replace you're replacing players um, with games with other players with games, and there's a chance that you're going to take more points out of your team than you put in. And unfortunately, that's what happened to me last season. <laughs> on, on both occasions, I used it in a double game week. I thought I was bringing in the best players for that week. The players that I took out were scoring points. The players that I brought in weren't, and I ended up in, with red arrows both times. And, and and I know I shouldn't let what happened in the past scar me, but it really has scarred me. And I, you know, for that reason, I, you know, I'm leaning towards. Uh, using it in a in a blank game week this season, either twenty eight or thirty two, uh, whichever one seems to make the most sense at the time. Mm, yeah, yeah, those, those blanks are are a killer. Like it, it really is really annoying. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 probably manageable, like with and around chips anyway. But um, yeah. yeah, like you said, maybe we're just getting a bit too far ahead of ourselves. But like once we know what's happening with these FA Cups, then we'll have like a solid plan and can actually work out what to do. Yeah, I think that that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to wait until we have more certainty before I kind of look ahead and and really plan out how I'm going to use my chips. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I in my head, you know, it, it's definitely coming up towards the time where you would wildcard. Yeah. Um. You know it, whether that sort of, uh, in I think the earliest maybe would be like twenty seven, but you know, or it could just be before, um, you know, one of the one of the big double game weeks. So there's, yeah, I think the big double game weeks are like twenty nine and thirty four. I want to say, yeah. is that right? Yeah, twenty nine, so, yeah. thirty four, and possibly thirty seven as well. 
Yeah, which again, as I said before, is one of the reasons why I think that it is, um, you know, a viable strategy to take out some players that you would, you know, think are really almost season keepers because yeah. if you can handle losing the team value, um, it's possible that you're not going to be without them for that long. So you can, you know, you can t- take a more of a, sh- a short-term view on it. Like players like Trippier, for example, yep. you know, he's got a he's got a blank and then he's got Man City. Um, so if you think you're going to use your wild card soon, you don't mind lo- using a, losing a little bit of team value, then maybe it is okay to take him out. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Just something for for managers to you know, you know keep in the back of their mind because because those those doubles coming up. But um, you know, just having a look while you were talking, I was just having a look at, at game week twenty seven, mm. and like it looks like a really good round. Like uh, uh, there's going to be benching headaches because managers will want to load up on Brentford and Brighton because of the double and. Um, yep. There might still be some with, you know, some Crystal Palace and, and, and Southampton players, you know, not that we'd have many, but, you know, yep. it, it could be, it could be a wild card, uh, not a wild card, a, a, maybe a bench boost option there too, because like it's quite easy to get hold of Brentford and Brighton assets because they're so cheap. And so yeah. you could still roll out a really strong side with like a strong bench of, you know, Brighton and Brentford players and, and capitalize on it. But Yeah. Yeah, the, looking at that, like the the game week's mental. Like Spurs have Forest. Um, like if we're loading up on Liverpool now, they've got Bournemouth that game week. Then, mm. um, you know, Arsenal have Fulham. We might all still have a triple up of Arsenal. Yeah, um, yeah. Like Brentford would have the double. Brighton would have the double. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a it's a tricky one. Yeah, who are you going to bench? You yeah. may as well just pull out the uh, the bench boost. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, you know. Honestly, I've played it in doubles, and it's it's always been disappointing. And yeah, you know, sometimes it's just taking taking that risk of doing something different. And and that, actually, that that takes me back to something that um, Billy said in his talk when the season he he finished first in Australia, the week he played his bench boost, he only had a net gain of two points. Like yeah, so wow. We shouldn't really overcomplicate like what these chips can do for us. Sometimes it's it's just not worth the, the extra stress and, and the planning and everything around it. It's just sometimes it might just be easier to get it over and done with. So um, yeah. Yeah. Something the, I think I think the counter there's a bit of a counter argument to that this season, I think, because in previous seasons, um the argument for getting the bench boost done and out of the way is that um you're not kind of uh you're not kind of wasting um yeah. transfers to make sure that you've got 15, you know, and funds making sure that you've got 15 playing players for this future bench boost. Yeah. You know, you're better off in a normal season, you're better off having like maybe like one, your first bench or maybe your first and second bench as being like playing players that, you know, can come on if you've got, you know, surprise absences or whatever. Um, you don't really need that third bench spot. Spot. So the fact that you're holding onto the bench boost is, you know, you're unnecessarily tying money up on your bench. But this season is very different to previous seasons because everyone is so cheap that you can very easily have 15, um, you know, good playing yeah. players without really compromising <laughs> your starting eleven. Yeah, you don't need to compromise your starting eleven in order to do that. So. Um, you know, if you're going to have 15 good playing players anyway, then maybe it is, you know, there's not that downside this season to waiting until you get that perfect week as there might be in other seasons. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a little bit different this time around with all the the budget overperforming players we have. But um, 
anyway, I, I, I did like having that chat. It was good to, to pick your brain about it. But anyway, what we'll do now is we'll take a quick break. And on the other side of this, we'll preview the upcoming double slash blank game week. All right, welcome back, Manny's. And looking ahead to the bumper game week 25 that we have. And like I mentioned at the top of the show, it is an early deadline again. So we got Friday night football over there in the UK, which means Saturday morning football here for us here in Oz. And unfortunately, also means a 5.30 a.m. Saturday morning deadline. So, you know, unless you're getting up early to, you know, finalize your sides, make sure you lock in that side before you go to bed on Friday night. And um, Andrew, kicking things off, we've got Fulham Wolves. Are you excited? Yeah. <laughs> um, sure. Get excited. <laughs> All right. I am excited because um, this is going to be uh, a chance for me to play Andreas Pereira. Hey. Um, this is going to be the week that he gets that penalty for us. I mean, yeah. Mitrovic is uh, still injured or maybe True. he's lost the pens anyway. So Perma, perma um, flag Mitro. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I think it's probably, I think it's been at least two weeks in a row where I should have played Andreas and I didn't. Like this week, he only got three, but I had a few players in my team that only got one. So um, the blank game week's great because it's making me play Andreas and I'm yes. excited to see what he can do for me. Yes. Um, unfortunately, I mean, I will be playing Bueno in this game and hoping he starts. So I don't know if I'll be, I'll either want Pereira to go really big. And get like a massive points haul. I hope Wolves can keep out a clean sheet so I can get like six points from Bueno. Yeah. Well, the good thing about Bueno is that if he starts, he's probably only going to play like 60 to 70. So, <laughs> yeah, then he can come off and then Pereira yeah, he can get can the come points. Off 63rd minute, beautiful lock in that clean sheet. That's when that's when Pereira kicks in. So, yeah, those those are those are the weeks that you really um that you really hope for. It never happens, but you know, well, magic it happened does for happen. A it happened for a stupid and owners this last week game week. Yeah, yeah, it did. If you didn't bench him, um, <laughs> <you> did bench <laughs> it, uh, it 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 did. And some, um, yeah, it's a it's a beautiful thing when that happens. Oh yeah, you know, you know, it's written in the stars. You can have a good game week when something like that happens. We can only pray. But um, anyway, Everton hosting Aston Villa in the first of Everton's double, and yeah, at Goodison Park, Sean Dyche he's, he's setting up a bit of a fortress there. Or Unai Emery's side, they tend to score every single game. And Ollie Watkins, I think he's now four games on the trot. Looked really good the other day too, and you know, just you know, scoring that goal from some beautiful work from the Polish Cafu. Out on the yep. right wing there. So, like, apparently, Ollie Watkins can finish now. Like, that's new information <laughs> yeah. to me. That's what he does now. <laughs> what kind of parallel universe are we living it, in? It took Danny Ings to leave for him to find his finishing boots. <laughs> yeah, right. Only only one forward may finish in this team. Um, <laughs> yeah, it'd be interesting to see if Everton can get a goal from someone that's not a defender as well for the first time <laughs> in, in Dyche's reign. Yes. That makes a good point. Yeah, I don't think Seamus Coleman's hitting worldies from the the right wing every weekend. Was it deliberate? He says it was deliberate. That's not the question I asked. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because if if I hit a goal like that, I would say it's I would say it's deliberate. (laughs) Oh, you're 100. You'd claim it. You'd claim it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. I think it was. I think it was. But yeah, geez, as a as a Leeds fan, I was like, oh, what do you mean? Like, 
I don't know. Like there wasn't there wasn't much to aim at, but yeah, he got there. Yeah, he did he did get there. But you know, not good news if you're like a Patterson owner because you know, I guess Seamus Coleman's gonna keep his spot after scoring that goal. Be be a bit rude to drop him and yeah, Patterson, I think he played about sixty odd minutes for the under twenty ones. Did cop an injury, but apparently he was okay. Yeah. Look, I don't yeah, like Coleman's obviously gonna keep his spot. Yeah, you know, he's 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 a very dice like player, like Dyche really yeah. likes those old kind of tough um experience kind of stalwarts. So having pints um, in the change room. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. But you know, I don't know, like I'm optimistic. I, I'm not a Patterson owner. Yeah. Um, but I am optimistic that maybe he starts to get some minutes off the bench. So you might get like given given the age of Coleman, um, you know, you might find that you know, Patterson gets some minutes off the bench and at least you get one point in each of those two games. Yeah. That's, that's, I guess, probably the best you can hope for, really, a two-pointer. Yeah, it, it could be. But, um, yeah, your boys, Leeds, hosting Southampton, hot off the heels off that win at Stamford Bridge then. James Ward-Prowse, one goal away from equaling David Beckham's free-kick record. And, yep. yeah, what, it, well, it won't be this week, my friend. It won't be this week. Will Leeds <laughs> have a manager? Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know if they will, but um, yeah, that was a great free free kick. Oh but man, I couldn't help but think to myself that um, that that if Kepper had saved it, um, it would have been like I don't know, it would have been like a seven point save. Yeah, because he would have kept the clean sheet. He would have got the three bonus, and I don't know. Like I, I don't know if I'm being harsh on him, but I feel like he could have got across there. Um, mm. I know he's not the tallest goalkeeper, but he did seem to move across a little bit slowly. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was looking at his wall really angrily too. So I don't know if maybe they weren't positioned in the spot he wanted. But every goalkeeper does that, don't they? Whenever they can see yeah. it, it's always like Peter Schmeichel would just always just yell at whoever the closest person was whenever he conceded a goal. <laughs> Absolutely, it's never your fault. It's never your fault when you're a goalkeeper. But um, yeah, I don't. I, I think as far as you know, FPL aspect. I mean, there, there will still be managers out there with maybe like a Nyoto in their side and. You know that it's a decent game to start him in if you still got him in your side because, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily transfer him out because if Leeds are gonna you know get going, they've got to do it this game week. Yeah, I actually I'm pretty optimistic about Leeds this week. Yeah, um, yeah, I think the fact that they're at home, um, and you know Southampton obviously had that big reaction in their first week mm. um, with the new manager, but sometimes the second week is. You get that, you know, you, you yeah, do reality get, check. Yeah, a little bit of a reality check or a little bit of a like a drop back in, you know, um, you know, in I guess enthusiasm or or whatever it was that drove them um in that first week. But yeah, I, I think you know, Leeds, you know, for the last sort of four or five weeks, they've actually played reasonably well um, yeah. and have been unlucky not to get better results than they've got. So given that it's a home game. Uh, and it is another kind of relegation six pointer. Um, you know, I'm I'm quite optimistic. Yeah, no, yeah, I think yeah, it's a you know, if you still got your leads attacking assets, I, I I think it's a it's a really good game there. But talking about attacking, Leicester Arsenal, this just has goals written all over it. Yeah, hundred <laughs> um, percent. It's got like a it's kind of got like four two written all yeah. over it, doesn't it? Like, yeah, um, it looks like it's going to be fun. I think that I reckon it's going to be the most entertaining game of the weekend easily. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so, so, especially with what Leicester's dishing up at the moment. I mean, how they didn't get anything from that game at Old Trafford the other day is insane because 
like David De Gea had to make like four amazing saves, like in the opening like twenty minutes of that game before United scored. Yeah, I was so impressed with um Ianacho. I thought yeah. he was the best player on the field in the in the opening like part of the game. Mm. Um, he just looks so good, and I think you said it last week. Like he's really creative. He's not yeah. just a goal scorer. Like he was he he created an amazing chance for Harvey Barnes that um drew like a really good save from De Gea. So yeah, um yeah, I've, I'm really impressed with Ianacho at the moment. He's um if he keeps playing like that, he's going to be under serious consideration when we wildcard. Yeah, and you know, as far as um, you know, Arsenal assets are concerned, like we'll all be, you know, hoping for you know a flood of returns, and and hopefully we can get that that green arrow. But um, West Ham Forest, not too much interest here from a FPL perspective, I think, because you know no one's really moving towards West Ham and and Forest. Yeah, I mean they're not scoring a lot of goals, so and I think no. you know we're probably targeting our transfers elsewhere in our sides, aren't we? Yeah, I think it's almost a completely FPL irrelevant match. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, who do you think wins this game? Because it's it's a big game for West Ham. They need to start picking up some points. Yeah, I actually do think West Ham win this game. Um yeah. just for two reasons. Like I think um firstly it's home and Nottingham Forest play much better at home than they do away from home. Yeah. Um and secondly I think Nottingham Forest were like I think they were flattered a little bit by the result. Um, they did let up some pretty big chances yeah. to Man City. I think last week we spoke about how they were their two first choice centre backs are out. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at the result, you think that it didn't impact them, but if you actually look at you know the way the game went, I think it yeah. did. Like I think, um, yeah, they were quite lucky on a few occasions, and I, I don't know how long their luck can continue. Um, I, I, I do think it's going to negatively impact them. So if I like, I, I don't think. It's a sure thing, but if I had to pick a winner, I would definitely go with West Ham. Yeah, and um, Bournemouth hosting Man City. So Bournemouth, you know, they snatched that win in the last game week um, against Wolves, which was big for them. Um, been a while since Gary O'Neill's side, you know, picked up a win. But, yep. you know, Man City looking to bounce back after that, you know, that disappointing draw with Forest. But, you know, this game sort of comes after their trip to, to I think they're, they're away to Leipzig um, yep. this this midweek, um, which, you know, who knows what Pep's going to do with his side. Um, it's impossible to predict. But, you know, many of us looking to make that Liverpool move, like invest heavily, you know, might be looking to maybe remove someone like a KDB or a Mares from our sides and, you know, when they're playing Bournemouth, it just seems so illogical. But mm. if we're trying to target the doubles, there might be what some managers just have to do. Yeah, for sure. And I think, um, you know, there's there's two things at play here. Like, as you said, we don't know who Pep's going to select. Um, yeah. You know, the, obviously, the Champions League is a massive priority for them. Um, secondly, it's away from home from from them with, you know, not much rest after yeah. a, an away Champions League game. They, they don't usually perform anywhere near as well away from home. Um, and yeah, like I think that there is some significant um, risk of uh, some of the bigger players like KDB being rested. So, you know, for me, that kind of, it makes me think that maybe it is worthwhile, especially for someone like Salah. Like if you've got KDB, maybe it is a worthwhile move to go um, KDB to Salah for the double. Yeah. So yeah, looking at their fixtures. So yeah. So I mean, yeah, they got Leip- um, Leipzig on Thursday morning and then yeah, away to Bournemouth on the weekend and then 
next Tuesday they've got their FA Cup game. I think it's against Bristol, I think. I, I may be wrong there, but they've got an FA Cup game against a lower league side. So, yep. you know, looking at the fixtures, I'm guessing that that might be the, the fixture for mass rotation. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm giving up trying to predict Pep because, I mean, we all thought that Akanji and Ake were the best defensive options and now they're completely out of the picture with Diaz and Laporte. <laughs> so, yeah, like I just, well, I just give up. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not convinced that they're completely out of the picture. Like um, maybe, you know, maybe Ake will start this game. Who knows? Yeah. Um, be interested to yeah. see what side he puts out for the Champions League. It really will be. Um, yeah. I almost hope that Ake doesn't start the Champions League selfishly because then it probably mm, makes him more likely to start. It probably um, does in that in that Bournemouth game. Surely they've got to keep a clean sheet at some point this season. Oh, eventually, yeah. But I mean, yeah, Edison's a worry. Like, there's a lot of managers out there who got Edison in, you know, for the doubles, and yeah, there's just the, the way that City just concede goals. Like, they they just dominate games, and then every side just seems to get one chance against City, and it seems to be going in the back of the net. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't think that um, Edison was in any way at fault for the goal the other day, but mm. there have been other goals that they've conceded where you know he was a bit iffy on it. So yeah, um, yeah. Like I don't, I just don't think he's in the best form this season. He's definitely not playing at his at his peak. Yeah, no, I tend to agree there. But um, yeah, Palace will be hosting Liverpool in the first of um, you know, the Liverpool doubles there and. Yeah, again, we wait and see what's going to happen in the Champions League tomorrow morning. But, yeah, I mean, Palace looking a bit, yeah. I mean, they did well the other day, but, yeah, yeah still a concern. Yeah, Palace, yeah, every week I think that, you know, whoever's playing them, you know, should, is almost certain to get a clean sheet. But they always just seem to, like, recently getting... they seem to jag one goal. Yeah. You know, like one goal <laughs> against Brentford that people didn't really expect. One goal against... um you know, Brighton that probably yeah. people didn't really expect. And then in double game week 22, they had, um, it was a goal against Man United. Yeah. They scored a goal yes. against Man United, which again, people didn't really expect. So they just seem to have like a pesky knack <laughs> of like wiping out your clean sheet. So I'm starting to really hate on them, to be honest. <laughs> They're becoming annoying, but um, <laughs> yeah, well, let's hope that our Liverpool assets, when we do invest, hopefully do return for us. But yeah, that that's on paper. That's a, that's a really good fixture there. Then, um, Monday morning, 12.30, this is the fixture I'm absolutely chomping at the bit for. Spurs, Chelsea, um, two sides in bad form coming up against each other in a massive derby. But historically, always been a really good fixture for Chelsea, this game, at um, always away at Spurs. Um, back in the day, Chelsea fans, we used to call it um, three-point lane instead of white yep. hard lane. So. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, that would actually involve... Chelsea scoring a goal. So that's, you know, a bit hard to see at the moment where the goals are going to come from. But yeah, this, I mean, blockbuster, maybe not. But yeah, it looks like a, an interesting fixture nonetheless. There'll be a lot yes, of spice. For sure. I mean, obviously, uh, from your point of view, it's an exciting game. Like, I don't think yeah. either team are that exciting to watch at the moment. No. <laughs> but, but what this game gives me, which is literally my favorite thing in FPL is it gives me a situation where my goalkeeper is facing the penalty taker <laughs> on the other team. So you just hope for a Tottenham penalty. And you, once you've got the Tottenham penalty, you know that only good things can happen. You're either going to get a goal or you're going to get a clean sheet or you're going to get a keeper save. Unless, he, um, unless it's a miss. 
Yes, and that because <laughs> that has happened before, TV. It has happened to me before, and that's like a proper toaster in the bath situation. Oh. But, um, but yeah, generally, generally, that's the best thing that can happen to you is when your penalty taker is up against your goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, a lot on the line for both these sides at the moment. I, I dare say more so Chelsea, but uh, yeah, then um, so then we've got. A bit of time, and then yeah, Thursday morning, Arsenal, Everton, um, the second of their their fixtures there, and Arsenal probably looking to get one back on Everton, who you know, yeah. famously Everton jagged that win in Sean Dyche's first game with the Tarkovsky header. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that I think we're going to see a massive reaction from yeah. Arsenal. Yeah, um, I think that yeah, they're gonna. I think they're gonna try to make a statement in that game. You know mm-hmm. that you know that that previous loss to Everton was. You know, it was an anomaly. Um, and, you know, I, I was really encouraged by the way they played against Aston Villa. Um, I know that, you know, they came from behind twice. and it. But I think Aston Villa's goals were, you know, mostly against the run of play. I was actually pretty impressed with how Arsenal played, especially given the really short turnaround they had after the, yeah. um, the Man City loss. I thought it was a pretty good reaction. So I'm encouraged by that. And I think they're going to really try to put a stamp on that game. Um, yeah. Right. Hopefully, hopefully a haul for Enkedia for once. <laughs> I, I absolutely agree there. And then, yeah, rounding it off that morning as well, Liverpool Wolves. So, yeah, FPL perspective, I'll be having the goal rush show on and and hopefully an avalanche of points and we can yeah. finish the game week on a nice, juicy green because that would be well, very I mean, nice. Th- that game's almost the exact same situation. It was only yeah. a couple of weeks ago that Liverpool lost 3-0 to Wolves. They were That's completely right. embarrassed by them. Um, uh, so, I think... Uh, like I think, well, I think, yeah, it, it is revenge. It's also just them saying, um, you know, show, they want to show the world that they're a better team than what happened on in, in that game. So, um, yeah, like again, I'm pretty optimistic, especially given that it's an Anfield that uh, mm. Liverpool um, will will go pretty well in that game. Yeah, no, I like it. But um, anyway, now it's time for the big short segment where we look at the transfer trends and look at who we should be buying selling and holding and looking at the top transfers in so far, Cody Gakpo leading the line on the back of his um, two goals in the last two game weeks, Mo Salah coming second, Trent Alexander-Arnold, um, Bakayo Saka and James Tarkowski rounding out the top five. So yeah, a lot of familiar FPL royalty names there. And then top transfers out, Kieran Trippier leading the way. Um, Nick Pope, um, you know, he's not actually going to miss a league game other than the blank this game week. Um, Miguel Almiron. So, yeah, it's a Newcastle triple up there. Ivan, Tony, and 184,000 managers have transferred out Marcus Rashford. So um, what's jumping out at you from those numbers? Um, well, firstly, the thing that's – if you look at the transfers in, the thing that surprises me the most is that Gakpo is being brought in more than Salah. Yeah. Um, it's obviously um, – it's – you know, a financial kind mm. of decision. It's a lot easier to get to him than Salah, but, um, you know, I think that Salah's minutes are a lot more secure and, um, you know, obviously he, Salah's got the pens. Yeah. Not that they ever get gonna... any. <laughs> Apparently. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm told that Salah is on pens. <laughs> um, and in terms of the transfers out, I guess it's just a reflection of um, Newcastle's upcoming fixtures, blank and then Man City. So you can understand why. Yeah, when people are looking for people to to, to um to transfer out, why they do look for their Newcastle players. But yeah, it's an awful lot of people who are willing mm. to lose an awful lot of value on Trippier. So that probably goes to show just how 
um, how much value there is out there this season that people aren't that stressed about losing team value. Yeah. And it, the, Tony, like sitting fourth on the transfers out, I mean, I, um, I understand it because, yeah, they're, they're blanking, but they've also got a double. Like, yeah. he's probably one of the best, you know, one of the best captaincy picks for that double game week at the moment. So, yeah, yeah, that one, he's I'll... definitely someone that you're going to need in that double game week. So yeah. you're almost using two transfers there. Yeah, that's um, right. So it better be worth it. Yeah, it better be worth it. Um, but anyway, what are we thinking of doing with our sides? Andrew, I'd love to hear what what's on your menu at the moment that you're thinking of doing for your side. Um, yeah, so look, I, I haven't locked it in yet, but mm-hmm. my current thoughts are that I'll probably take a minus four this week. I've got two free transfers got rolled last week. So I'm looking at KDB out for Salah, which I think is a probably a, a pretty um, popular move this week. Yeah. Um, I actually do like the way that KDB is playing at the moment, um, but you know it's an extra fixture and KDB's minutes are maybe a little bit at risk this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so like it's an obvious route to get to Salah. Um, I'm actually, um, you know, thinking of joining the hordes of removing Trippier. So I'm looking at maybe Trippier out for Trent. Yeah. Um, just cause I, you know, I really like, uh, I really like Trent's, um, you know, potential this game week, I guess. Yeah. And, um, you know, as I said before, uh, you know, they've got a blank this week and they've got a pretty tough fixture next week. Uh, and then, you know, he's probably someone that, um, I'll bring back in on on wildcard and, you know, I might lose sort of 0.3 on him, but, you know, I, I think I'm willing to do that for the upside that yeah. um, that I might get out of Trent. And then the third transfer that I'm looking at making for the minus four, um, it's not really, this, this this one's not really for the minus four, it's more to facilitate the other ones because, you know, I need the, I need the funds, but I'm actually looking at Almiron to Leon Bailey. Yeah. Um, Leon Bailey's, you know, He's he's only four point four, so he kind of enables me to upgrade Trippier to Trent. Yeah, um, you know, and he's he looked really good. Like I know that he's he lost his place, he lost his starting place um, last week for that Arsenal game. But when he came on, he looked absolutely electric, and I thought that he was um, Villa's best player on the field while, for the time period that he was on the field. So um, I'm pretty confident that he's going to win his place back. Um, and even if he doesn't, he's definitely going to come on and give me th- sort of at least thirty minutes in. Um, in that game, and, it, yeah. and the other, the other, the other thing about him is that he he, he definitely has a fixture in twenty eight as well. Yeah, that's that's what I was about to bring up. Yeah, not only are you getting him that enables you to do the other things. He's playing Everton this game week, which is great. And then, yeah, Palace, yeah. West Ham, and Bournemouth, especially in game week twenty eight, when you know points are going to be at a premium that game week. So just having a starter, and you know, with you know, arguably the best pitch uh, fixture on paper, yeah. I, I can't yeah. disagree with that one at all. It makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really like Aston Villa's fixtures coming up. You know, they've had some really tough fixtures since the restart, which is yeah. probably why um, there's not too many Villa players that have been on anyone's radar. Mm. Um, but their fixtures are turning for the better and they are pretty good. They're, they're pretty exciting um, attacking-wise, um, it seems to me, recently under M- under Unai Emery. So I'm, I am sort of optimistic about what Bailey can do in the next few weeks. Yeah, I, I like it. Um, myself, um, like similar to you, uh, I think KDB is going to make way for Salo if, if all goes to plan after these Champions League games. And I've still got Jao Cancelo in my side. Um, unbelievable. Which is yeah, unbelievable. Still carrying him like a, a premium defender. But 
um, it's quite handy now because with Trent back in form, it, it's quite an easy move for me to make. So I do I do have the two free transfers, so that that's easy. I I am looking at taking a minus four and really going hard. Um, that third player, I'm still not a hundred percent on just yet. So um, it, you know, it may have to be you know uh, yeah probably maybe either a Luke Shaw or Kieran Trippier um, to to make way for. Um, you know, someone like maybe a Tarkowski because it enables me to to free up the funds for for what I want to do. But yeah, um, yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure yet on what direction I'll take with that. But yeah, definitely the two free transfers I'm I'm aiming at, at Salah and Trent. Yeah. But um, okay, yeah, can you afford have... those two, um, or do you need a third to facilitate those two? I, I think I can actually just afford those two as they are. So, but yeah, you know. I, I'm I'm still I'm I'm lacking numbers for the game week, but I, yep. I I almost have to weigh up whether it's worth taking a hit to get someone else in, um, when you know maybe it's just worthwhile holding on to you know someone like Trippier or Shaw for the next yeah. few game weeks anyway. So it's just something I have to decide on now. But um, yeah. anyway, that's a well, you probably you've probably got to just decide in your own head whether you think um it's likely that. Everton or um or Wolves going to keep a clean sheet because you might struggle to get to uh you might struggle to get to another Liverpool player um yeah yeah that's yeah right. if you just yeah with just Trippier or Shaw uh, mm. yeah um anyway. but anyway um oh captain my captain our top three captaincy picks um have you well, I mean we actually have some thinking to do this game week for once like we can't just go perma cap and and you know just not worry about it anymore but there's a lot of options on the table. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it's really close this week um, in terms of the best captain option, which I'm excited about because it's one of those weeks where it could really swing depending yeah. on who you go for. Um, yeah, so I, I think Salah for me, like I, mm-hmm. you know, it, he obviously Egyptian hasn't. King. <laughs> yeah, look, he hasn't been the best this season, but, you know, like I've been playing FPL for a long time and I can't, shake it out of my head that he's just one of the best FPL assets of all time. Um, you know, and I've got, I've just got that little inkling, that little gut feeling that the, that the first Liverpool penalty of the season is coming this game week. Um, <laughs> but that, in, in real, realistically, that's probably just me. Um, it's like a hopeful uh, pick because I know that I don't have Saka. So Saka is, who I've got as my um, as my second best option this game yep. weekend. I, I I I wonder if I'd think that he was the best option if I had him in my team. I don't know, um, <laughs> but yeah. And then number three, I've gone for Enkedia because um, mm. I just think that you know, like for the last, it's got to be at least three games. He's almost been getting more than one xgi in every single game. Like he's, it really feels like he's been missing a lot of chances that he would normally bury, but. The main thing is that he's getting those chances, and I think I think it's a matter of time. Um, you know, if he keeps on getting the starts, if um, Arteta remains patient with him, I think it's a matter of time before that kind of damn wall bursts and he he gets a big haul. So I'm really hoping it comes this week. Mm, yeah, no, I, I I do like like those three picks, and yeah, geez, I hope Enkedia returns. Um, it's been a frustrating <laughs> own since I got him in. He's blanked. Oh no, I mean he got a, he got an assist. I um, mean. The last game week, or was it the, the double anyway? I can't remember. Yeah, but he got an assist against Man City because he won that penalty. Right. But uh, he obviously, people, you know, we all think of the chances that he missed that he should have scored the couple of headers in that game. So, 
Hopefully it's coming. Hopefully it's coming this game. Um, myself, yeah, I think if I had Sucker, I would definitely put the armband on him for this game week just with that double with Leicester and Everton on paper. looks looks amazing. Um, yeah, Mo Salah second. Like you said, it's the Egyptian king and those fixtures look so toasty with Crystal Palace and Wolves. And um, my third choice, I went with Trent. So he seems to be back in form. He, I mean, he should have back-to-back assists if um you know that actually gave him that assist last game week that would have helped but you know back that was to back outrageous clean, oh, outrageous back to back clean sheets uh Virgil van Dijk's back which always helps that defense and yeah they they just seem to be getting their groove back a bit at the moment but um let's hope things don't go too bad in the Champions League uh yeah, living through right. there um, yeah, I guess we should say we're recording this before the Champions League, so hopefully everyone comes out of that unscathed. <laughs> Let's hope so. All right, and now it's time for Goodwill Punting, where we look at a differential for the game. And i got my segments mixed up, so we're doing this one now after the captain's corner. So, um, Andrew, who have you plucked out of the Goodwill Punting cap for this double slash blank game week? Um, well, I probably don't need to explain it too much because I've already talked about him a fair bit, but I've mm-hmm. actually gone for Leon Bailey. Um, oh, so he's only, <laughs> he's only 4.4 <laughs> million. He's only 3.7% owned. Um, and yeah, as I explained, I kind of, I like him for the next few weeks. So, um, yeah, I'm just, he, he's my pick. Yeah. I like it. And yeah, like we said, he, um, he has a really good fixture in, in game week 28 and, He's not blanking this game week either. So yeah, I like it. Yeah, I mean, if I if I don't um free hit in 28, it'll be really handy to have him. I still haven't decided what I'm gonna do in 28. So yeah. No, I I like it. Um I tip my hat to you there on that one. Um, I think it's a really good pick. But uh myself, I'm going with Diogo Jota. So we saw him back on the pitch the other day, 8.8 million. So it's a bit more on the pricey side but only 0.5% owned. So, yeah, lots of fixtures for Liverpool at the moment. Um, I'm sure he'll get some game time. Whether or not he starts, though, that's something else to consider. But, you know, yeah. usually he's a great finisher, even though he, he absolutely fluffed a, a glorious chance there the other day. But, um, yeah, just that's just someone I'm thinking of at the moment for the double to make the most of it, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I think he looked really sharp when he came on the other day. Yeah. I think I, I mean, apart from the finish that you um that you were talking <laughs> about, like I thought that just in general he looked really sharp. Yeah. Um, it'd be interesting to see how many minutes he gets in the Champions League, but I would not be surprised at all to see him get um one start in the double. Uh, he he almost certainly won't get two starts, mm. um, but you know that he's definitely going to come in uh, off the bench for you know probably twenty thirty minutes at least. Yeah. Any game that he plays at the absolute least, so. Um, definite opportunities for returns there. I really like it. I like the pick. And, yeah, might be up against his former side Wolves there, so a little bit of extra space for <laughs> the dis- decision there. But um, anyway, before we finish up, time for the FPL Signet Podcast League ladder. And, yeah, Mira back on top of the summit there of the league with her side, Alice in Wonderland. So she finished up with 57 points this game week. And, yeah, Holding our top spot and over Stu, who um who has dropped down a second, but um and yeah, my boy Ross storming back into third after a massive game week, so um he was pretty happy about that. Myself, I've dropped down two spots. I'm now sixth on the table, and yourself, Andrew. Um, I am just in the top thirty, so I'm yeah, exactly thirtieth. Yeah. The top thirty is all that matters, right? 
That, that's that's right. That's, that's what that's what gets you on the so fresh CD. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> uh, there'll be so many people who listen to that and just have no idea what we're talking about. But I want you to know that I really appreciate that joke. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's definitely one for the Australian listeners, isn't it? Oh God, yes. But uh, and maybe jo- the listeners that are that are over thirty, over thirty-five. Yeah, yeah. There'll be people like going like, "What's a CD?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, Google it, people. Google yeah, it. Go- just yeah, Google it. But uh, yeah, Matty Joe Game Week Twenty-Four was Cesar Lewis with his side Von Matterhorns United with seventy-nine points. So yeah, had the Rashford captaincy, double Man United defense with David De Gea and Luke Shaw. Had James Ward-Prowse for that worldie of a free kick for 10 points. Saka, Martinelli, and Jack Grealish as well all doing the business for him. So, yeah, great work there, Cesar, with that. So, yeah, dreams do come true. Yeah, <laughs> um, awesome. Uh, a plug for the show before we finish up. So, yeah, Twitter and Instagram, at FPL Sign Out on both those platforms. And, yeah, just give Andrew a follow on Twitter. So that is at FPL underscore point break. That's what you have to do. Follow that account. And yeah, just hit those like and subscribe buttons on every retweet, every comment. It, it does help. We we love it. We see it and we appreciate it. So thank you very much to everyone out there too. And um, yeah, um, it's been a fun one, Andrew. I hope you've had fun this night. <laughs> yeah, it's been great. It's helped me. Um, it's helped me put the... Uh, you know, the red arrow behind me. And now I'm looking <laughs> forward with optimism to game week 25. It's all smiles now, isn't it? hundred <laughs> percent. It's all, it's all sunshine and rainbows. Oh, uh, that's what talking about shit game weeks can do, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I but, needed that therapy session. Yes. It, it did help me too. But um, anyway, it is time to let you managers out there work on your sides and get that green. So Andrew, please. One thing left to say. Via con Dios. And let your defensive sheets be cleaned and your arrows green. See you, managers. Bye.